WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Upfront program. Roger here. And uh, we'll be here for uh, the next hour or so, and we'll be uh, chatting about um, elections. And uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about law enforcement as uh, Chief Thomas Oates will be stopping by. And uh, we'll uh, chat with him about um, the the cameras that they use uh, to register uh, license plates. And and those cameras have been used to uh, catch a lot of people who have stolen vehicles. And uh, and then they drive around with their stolen vehicles. These cameras grab uh, an image of the license plate, and then the computer checks it against the database. And guess what? Uh, they say, "Hey, wait a minute! This car was stolen last night." And then um, and then they're able to uh, pick up the perpetrator. Anyway, we'll talk about law enforcement tomorrow in the program with uh, Chief Oates. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about elections, and uh, also we're going to be talking about some of our sponsors. And, um, uh, oh, Thursday, we have Christopher Boulay, a uh, financial uh, guy, uh, will be with us. And um, we'll, uh, Thursday, we'll get into the politics stuff, uh, like uh, we had the, uh, the Iowa caucuses uh, last night. And, um, well, you know what happened there if you uh, heard the news, and we'll be uh, chatting about that. On uh, Thursday's program with uh, Chris Boulay, our regular panelist. Looking forward uh, to that show. Before we uh, introduce our guest today, I want to uh, take care of a commercial announcement. And I'd like to tell you about uh, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Today uh, being Tuesday, you know, Savini's uh, has uh, their early bird specials. And that's offered uh, on a Tuesday through Friday basis, and what that means is from 4 o'clock until 5.30, you can enjoy a complete dinner for eleven ninety nine, in-house, in-dining only, and uh, it's a good deal, and it's a tasty deal, and there are about a dozen items on the entree menu, and there's probably uh, 10 items on the um, sides menu, like the roasted potatoes is what I prefer. They'll be open at 4 o'clock this afternoon, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. The early bird special goes from uh, 4 until 5.30. For diners later in the evening, remember on Tuesday, our entire wine list, our entire wine list is half price. You can't beat that. So if you enjoy... uh, Wines from uh, Portugal or Italy, um, whether you enjoy red wines or white wines, uh, we have them. The uh, very nice uh, Da Vinci uh, uh, Chianti from Italy, uh, the 2020, uh, is uh, is a very nice choice and available. Um, now, it's $25 a bottle, and on Tuesday nights, it's twelve fifty a bottle. How can you go wrong? That's practically the... The price for a glass of wine in some restaurants. It's a good deal every Tuesday night at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar on Rathbun Street right here in Woonsocket. Again, we'll be open at 4 o'clock. All right, we're going to call in Larry for a message from Vern Rainville, uh, public adjuster, and then we'll uh, get to our guest, okay? Well, here's a question for you from Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams? causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 300 8495 for a free, no-obligation, in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Now, if uh, you've received or cashed a check from an insurance company, Vern can reopen the claim to satisfactory and uh, get you the money you deserve above and beyond what you got from them that they thought you should have to repair your damaged property, not just what uh, they offered. There are so many other coverages available to you during a loss. And sometimes, um, well, 
I think uh, most times people get their insurance policy as a whole bunch of paperwork and a whole bunch of words and a lot of phrases. And if you, you do what I do, uh, you file it away and don't read it. And Vern does read it. And uh, he sometimes uncovers coverage that you paid for that you didn't even know you had. Vern Rainville. Here's his number again uh, for uh, Vern Rain, uh, Rainville, the uh, public adjuster. And um, it's one four eight four three hundred. And then eighty four ninety five. All right, Vern Rainville, public adjuster. Let's get back to the show. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now let's get back to the panel. So uh, about uh, ten days, twelve days ago, I uh, uh, placed a phone call and uh, wanted to talk to uh, the manager of the board of canvases, and I did. And she's uh, here in the studio today. And uh, so, uh, Gianna, I'm going to take a shot at your last name. You told me what it was a few minutes ago. So I'm going to say visiting us in in studio is the uh, Board of Canvases manager, Gianna Savastano. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for being here and thank you for agreeing to uh, come on the program and talk about uh, elections. Yeah, thanks for having me. So have you ever done this job before? Uh, you uh, joined the Winsocket Board of Canvases? So I... Actually, my first job out of school was with the Board of Canvassers as the election clerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a few years ago now, and I took over as the manager six months ago. Well, congratulations, Thank and uh, we uh, we hope you have a long and uh, happy career here uh, managing uh, the Woonsocket office. All right. Um, what does the Woonsocket Board of Canvassers do? Uh, we know, uh, you know, around election time uh, we hear about you, but what do you do, like, uh, year-round? Yeah, so the, the Board of Canvassers is, works in conjunction with the State Board of Elections and the Rhode Island Secretary of State's office. Um, and aside from Election Day itself, we are managing the voter rolls. You know, you get new registrations every day from Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, we are, you know, training our staff, including poll workers um, and those in-house. Um, you know, we're just kind of chugging along in City Hall and making sure that we're ready for um, the policies that are going to be implemented and how to, you know, execute that perfect. Gianna, do you have any trouble finding uh, poll workers in uh, 2024? Um, 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 you know, the restaurant industry has trouble finding servers and, uh, well, you know what the story is, right? What's yeah. the story with the Board of Canvases? I'd say that we, you know, we're super fortunate to have people who come back year after year to work with us. Um, that doesn't mean people don't move out and we're looking for, you know, more more bodies to train and, and help us get the election right, um, especially looking forward to November of 24. I mean, we're going to have two times the number of poll workers than we need for this special primary. So always looking to get some people who can help out. All right. So let's talk about um, uh, the uh the stuff that's coming up uh, relatively soon and the stuff that's already happened so we've been making announcements uh when uh, when the uh, former mayor resigned uh the council president moved into the mayor's office and that left a vacancy on the Winsaka city council and then even in december before anybody could even take out papers people were saying i'm going to run and uh, so we had um four people take out papers right correct and only uh three were able to get uh, enough signatures huh so that's that's the way it works so tell me when these four people who took out papers uh brought in the paper what happens so uh, who goes over them how did you identify that one didn't have enough and how did you identify that the other three had enough yeah so title 17 election law has it so that the local board of canvassers receive the signatures for local candidates in their city so my office staff myself and my election clerk receive the nomination papers from candidates and we use the central voter registration system which is how we catalog and manage the voter rolls Um, and what we do is we look at the signatures Um, there's a name address and signature provided on each nomination paper and we go in we search that voter and check that all that information matches and then we have the um, flexibility to approve or reject signatures based on how they match up. Is that Pamela, too, uh, that uh, is a... Uh, Correct, yeah. Right? She's a person. 
she listening in this morning, checking to see you, whether you're doing a good job? I believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. Hello, Pamela. <laughs> All right. And then you have uh, board members uh, who are uh, appointed. Uh, so these are the, um, I like the board of directors overseeing the board of canvases, correct, right? Correct, correct. Right. Now, uh, back to, um, and, and they are just for the record, uh, I don't know, if uh, is your website up to date? It says here, yep. Martha Tatro. Correct. And Jeffrey Golan and John Cunningham. That's correct. All right, those are the uh, three appointed uh, people. And and do they meet monthly or do they meet uh, only when they have to? It's usually, you know, when we have to based on the, we get an election schedule from the Board of Elections that says, okay, if early voting is going to happen on Wednesday, then on Tuesday we do the final canvas before that. The week before that we have this deadline. So the board's responsible for convening and ultimately, you know, making sure that we are ready for each of those deadlines. Giovanna, when... Gianna. Uh, Gianna, yeah. <laughs> you told well, me to tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, I did. Right. Thank you very much, too. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Gianna, when um, the um, people were uh, getting their signatures uh, for uh, this primary coming up in February, um, I signed a couple of them myself. And uh, and so uh, what happens um, when, when those papers are returned? Do you actually look at the signature on the paper they brought in against some other signature you have on file? That's I correct. I mean, is this done individually? That's correct. That's right. correct. So we look at each form individually. Um, the voter registrations that people have completed either in paper or online at the DMV. We capture that signature from each registration every time they complete one and it's ultimately you know an image in our system so we are staring at the paper in front of us we're staring at the system and comparing the signatures right next to each other how does that work does that work pretty good um you know mine is pretty scribbled i don't know why yeah what we can do is we can you know taking into account that especially at the dmv on those on those pads that sometimes it comes out as a much uh it doesn't quite look like your wet or live signature, um, we can see signatures captured on your registration from the past several years. So we'll do our due diligence and not try to discount anything that, you know, it's just a bit of a lazy or a quick mistake. You know, it's interesting. Um, when I was signing the nomination papers, when I came to my signature, I mean, I printed out my name. And when it came to my signature, I was a little more careful about my signature than I was yesterday at CVS when I was picking up a prescription to make you sign the thing. I mean, what I signed yesterday, uh, I'm not even sure you could make out a letter. Yeah. And I was wondering whether some people, um, when, they, when they're signing these papers for the board of canvases, they write out their name, Roger Bouchard. But uh, chicken scratch, um, is it sometimes difficult to identify that signature? Yeah, that, that'll happen. And like I said, we can see, you know, if they have other signatures on file that, are kind of similar to what we're seeing, um, but yet we'll take into account how neat Gianna. it's looking. Gianna. Right. Okay, yep. I got it. Uh, so how many uh, signatures were you, did you toss out? I mean, not a, not a uh, you know, uh, we tossed out 31. No, I mean, like, uh, do one out of 10, one out of 100, do most get by? I would say maybe, so for a local race, so obviously at the same time, we're also processing things for the presidential primary. Um, when it comes to local races, you know, you're seeing a lot of similar signatures from signing parties. And we're tossing out maybe, I'd say, yeah, maybe one of ten on, mm-hmm. on these local papers. What causes a toss out? So when we look at the signatures, um, ultimately it's just if, if it doesn't match. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, so someone can sign a nomination paper, and if they are not a registered voter in the city, and that would mean that they aren't eligible to vote for the candidate that they're um, signing for, we would, talk, we would reject that signature because they're not eligible. All right. Did you see any hanky-panky uh, from these signatures, or uh, was it pretty routine? No, pretty routine. Pretty routine for, um, you know, you find that sometimes when you have, um, when it's not a local election and you have people signing who are for candidates that, you know, um, don't frequently run in Rhode Island. Um, sometimes you have more signatures of people who aren't eligible because, again, maybe a city councilor knows they know 100 people who are eligible voters, so it's pretty straightforward when it's local. Gianna, do you, um, uh, we'll get to uh, the uh, the primary uh, for the city council and the uh, election in March in a moment, but um, 
uh, we heard about some people who were uh, who are on uh, on the voting rolls that are dead. So, do you ever do you like do you check the obituaries of the local newspaper or anything like that? How do you determine who to take off uh, the voting rolls? Do you take anybody off the voting rolls, or does it just swell and swell? So we do take people off the voter rolls, and it's all. Um based on policies set by the Secretary of State's office because they manage what we call the central voter registration system. They were able to take all these paper records, move them to an online database, um, and it makes managing it um, much more accurate. So we do get a file from the Social Security Administration about once a month and those voters will come up in our system um showing you know that they had passed on a particular date and that we may go ahead and cancel their voter registration and when we do so we pull their registration card but we also um well when we make other cancellations we send out letters to to ensure that the cancellation is correct for deceased voters we don't do that because we get the information right from the social security administration so it sounds like there's uh, at least a monthly process uh, in the uh, Woonsocket office um, of the border canvases to take uh, voters off the voting rolls who have died. Correct. Are there any other reasons to take uh, voters off the voting rolls, like, for instance, lack of participation in voting? So you won't be taken off the voter rolls for not voting. Except for one caveat, which is the way we try to manage that we have the most up-to-date address for our voters um, is that your status is active until we send you mail that bounces back from the post office and comes back to our office. And that tells us that perhaps we don't have the most up-to-date address on file for you. So we do send a follow-up letter to anyone whose mail comes back. And we send a, we attach a paper voter registration form and say, hey, um, this bounced back. Again, this mail is now forwardable. So please complete this if you have an update to make. And if we still don't hear from that voter, two elections go by that are um, general elections. They will be removed from the voter roll. Is the Woonsocket border canvases and all other border canvases throughout the state Basically, a a rubber stamp for the General Assembly. Whatever laws the General Assembly passes, you have to follow. Or are there some local things happening in Woonsocket that uh, the Board of Canvases can determine on their own? I guess I'm asking, is the voting process the same in all 39 cities and towns? Or is it a little bit different because of local autonomy? Right, yeah. So I would say, you know, it's largely the same across the board, and that's because of Title 17, which, again, is implemented or is um, created by the General Assembly. Um, When I think of the Board of Canvassers, you know, some duties that that they have flexibility on is assigning polling places um, and so setting whatever is appropriate for the city um, in a way that, you know, the General Assembly wouldn't necessarily be able to make a helpful or um, <clears throat> appropriate situation for us. But by and large, the Board of Canvassers meets um, according to Title 17 deadlines and make sure that goes smoothly. So nobody should get angry at the Board of Canvassers locally. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Because you're simply implementing uh, laws. That's correct. Right. My job I mean, ultimately right. is to... Know the laws that exist and share that with my board. Title 17 is not a book. It's a law. That's correct. And you have to follow it. That's uh, correct. Come hill or high water. Hey, if you've just joined us on the Upfront program, we're going to get to that uh, primary election, local election in a few moments. But um, Gianna Savastano is with us. She's manager of the Board of Canvases. This is the first time we've had her on the program. And we're chatting about uh, the upcoming elections, primary Local election, presidential primary, presidential um, election in November. It's going to be a busy, uh, busy. You're going to earn your, um, earn your shackles there at the. Yeah, I believe I so. I don't know what shackles are. I think it's money, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I think it's a slang term for money. We're going to do some ads here, and then we'll. Hey, incidentally, this is a talk show, uh, so. If you have a question for uh, Gianna, you, you know she's she can answer them because I mean uh, the answers are coming quickly. Just give us a call seven six nine zero six hundred. 
766-1380. Or send us an email up front at WNRI.com. And if it's uh, a question uh, or whatever you want to talk about with uh, Gianna, we, we are here. All right. Now it's uh, time for some commercials. And um, let's see. First thing I want to do is um, do the ad for the Roast House because that's where I went for lunch yesterday. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Well, I'm looking at my phone here in the studio because I was at the Roast House yesterday. Notice that they have a new luncheon menu. Um, I did not have um, I did not have a luncheon menu item yesterday because because uh, the roast house is the only place I can go where I can get mussels uh, the mussels fra diablo and uh, that is uh, mussels in a very very spicy uh, spicy do you like spicy food uh, Tiana no not None. usually right, then you would not <laughs> have liked this dish I would not have had to share any of it uh, with you. <laughs> Um, but anyway, back to the uh, new um, luncheon menu. Uh, they have uh, on the luncheon menu a nice pastrami sandwich, a chicken stir fry. Uh, they have um, twin uh, all beef hot dogs. Uh, they have a half sandwich with a crock of um, crock of soup or cheeseburger, chicken and chips. Um, nice luncheon menu. And you'll find it at the Roast House in Blackstone. And uh, they had a, a pretty good uh, crowd for. Uh, for Martin Luther King uh, Day, um, and we certainly hope that you'll consider visiting the Roast House for lunch or the Roast House for dinner. The uh, Mussels Fra Diablo that I had is not a uh, luncheon special. I, I had to go to the regular menu for that, but uh, they'll, uh, they'll cook it up for you, and it is very, very tasty. And uh, what did my wife have? I can't tell you. I was too busy with uh, my own meal. Right. Selfish Roger. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Scott McGee has uh, all kinds of properties uh, all over the greater Woonsocket area. Yesterday we were telling you about, about one in Boroughville. And uh, all you have to do is go on his uh, website. He's a REMAX guy. And uh, check out um, the... Uh, the latest listings for Scott McGee. I got one more ad here, and um, this is um, from Waltz Clothing. They're on Cumberland Hill Road here in Woonsocket, and then we'll get back to uh, chatting with Gianna. American-made products. That's what we feature at Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday. American-made, we're serious. Boots from Carolina, Thorogood, Red Wing, and Rocky, all made in the USA. Also, American-made sweatshirts, American-made socks, full-grain leather belts, boot laces and leather guards and boot guards. And we carry treads, rubber overboots, American-made. So come on in to the place where the workperson finds everything they need. Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road. Find us on Facebook or if you have a question, 765-7582. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we're talking about voting today and the uh, agency that handles that. In Woonsocket is the uh, Woonsocket Board of Canvases. The manager is with us, Gianna Savastano. And uh, we have a caller online. We're going to uh, see what uh, is on this person's mind, and then we'll uh, get back again. I do. i got to take care of this before <laughs> before the show ends. We will talk about the primary and the uh, local election and uh, polling places, consolidation, stuff like that. Uh, what would you like to ask uh, Gianna? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, I have two questions. Yeah. Number one, yeah. Ms. Sabastano, are the rules and regulation uniform within the state of Rhode Island? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Next question. Are the rules and regulations the same within our country? No. For every city and state? <clears throat> no. Do you think they should be? Interesting. 
Um, I think it is very common to have things be extremely different from one state to the other. I will say the pro to having things being more similar from state to state is when people move, knowing and learning your voting rights, um, you know, or your your the ways that you can vote. It's different, so it would be helpful if it was similar in that regard. I agree with you with that. How can we go about having it uniform? Yeah, that's a big question. That's a big question. I think um, if it was about, you know, making us similar to our statewide partners, I would say New England is largely um, takes ideas from each other when the legislature looks at things like length of early voting or ways to um, do mail ballot tab- tabulation that we do consider what our regional partners do. Um, but ultimately, that's in the hands of the legislature. Then we're going to have to go to the legislature uh, yep. to get this uniform. Thank you very much. For Thank you. Time. Of course. Thanks for Thank calling. you for your call. All right. Then we'll shut that call down. And um, so, you know what I wanted to ask you? Uh, and I, she caught a kind of got on it because she asked you your opinion. All right. And so I've got the feeling that your job is to carry out policy. And um, so we're going to talk about early voting in a second. Are you allowed to have an opinion about it? Um, like, for instance, I'm going to give you an example of something I'd like your opinion on. Or you can say, Roger, that's, uh, you know, I just follow the law. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, early voting can begin. And um, locally in this uh, uh, council race, we have three candidates. One of them very well known. One of them somewhat well-known, and one of them a complete stranger. So tomorrow, if somebody goes to um, early voting and uh, they vote, they have no idea who this third candidate is um, because he hasn't had a chance to campaign and get his message out there. And um, so that person could early vote Wednesday or Thursday, and then maybe uh, he knocks on their door next Monday And uh, they say, gee, I like this guy, but I voted already. So my question is, does a person like Gianna uh, have um, a way to uh, have an opinion on this or say, look, that's for other people because I'm a manager of the board of canvases and basically everything I follow is, as you said, Title 17. You're on. Yeah, so so we're told um, Board of Canvassers are instructed as to how long early voting is. So right now in general law, it's 20 days before the election. So that's when we set up the equipment and start early voting. And it's 100% up to the voter when they want to um, cast their ballot, when and how. Um, and I will say that we definitely get more people in for early voting that week before the election, those mm-hmm. seven days before. So even though it opens tomorrow, that doesn't mean that there's going to be a bunch of people that's correct and the other question i had before we get to the right <laughs> is um uh, is there a drop-off box for ballots there is a mail ballot drop box that mm-hmm. is located outside of city hall mm-hmm. and that box is open the 20 days before the election so the same time that early voting starts and is that a a state law that it has to be on the street or or could you move it up to the board of canvases to uh, have somebody uh, uh, who is going to drop off a ballot? Because you don't know who the heck is dropping off a ballot on on a public street. Or maybe you do. I don't know. What's the, what's your policy there? Um, yep. So that is a policy that is not um, created by the local board. But um, we are required by law to have a drop box outside of every city and town hall in Rhode Island. Um and you want to use the drop box outside of our city or town hall for this special primary because it's a local race. If it was a statewide race, you may use any of the boxes. And um, I know some people, you know, it's like a magic box. What happens when I put my ballot in? Um, if I can briefly give um, a little, an answer to that. So the Board of Canvasser staff, so myself and my staff member, go down as a pair. We have um, keys that we are able to access the ballots and store them into a locked bin that we then store back in our office and it gets delivered to the Board of, the board of Elections in Cranston. Now, uh, does Gianna uh, agree with all these uh, policies or are you in 
uh, you just have to like uh, you know bite your lip and just carry them out. Uh, the, or, or do you think they're all all good laws to begin with? Or no opinion, Roger. No comment. <laughs> I'm leaning on the no opinion, Roger. I am always looking out to make sure that the way that we're executing the what's asked of us is um, understood by voters and understood that the Board of Elections and ourselves are looking to make it transparent and secure. You know, we need both of those. So you feel we're pretty, um, pretty secure here in Woonsocket? Yes. Let's talk about uh, what I uh, asked you to come in about first First and foremost. We have a primary coming up. We sure do. All right. Uh, so, um, and, and apparently uh, one candidate didn't have enough signatures. Uh, so, how, was he short a lot or uh, did he even come in with signatures? Yeah, we, d- we didn't have any signatures submitted on behalf of that candidate. All right. So, they were right. So, he just didn't show up. Correct. All right. He took the papers out but didn't return them. Yep. So, we got three candidates. So tell us what, uh, where can we vote, and what is um, the primary, and and whatever uh, whatever it is that uh, we can share with our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So we're having a primary because if there's more than twice the number number of candidates running for a said seat, we need to have a primary to whittle the field down to two people. So because we're looking to fill one seat, and we have three candidates, we're going to have a primary, and that's going to be on February sixth, and. Um, 20 days before February 6th, early voting begins, and that's going to be tomorrow. So early voting starts at City Hall on the first floor. It opens at 8.30, just like City Hall business hours. So it runs 8.30 to 4.30, and it runs all the way up until the day before the election, which is going to be Monday, February 5th at 4 p.m. Early voting ends. Who are the people that um, uh, handle early voting? Is it... uh uh, poll workers, or is it uh, you, or or city hall employees? Period. Yeah, good question. So we have um, poll workers that that we bring in to to staff um, to staff the early voting site, and obviously it's super convenient that it's in city hall because you know I'm one staircase away from answering any questions or a phone call, so um, that's helpful. And like I and I do also want to mention that not only. Is early voting starting, um, but mail ballots, mail ballot applications are available either. You can find them online or you can call our office and we'll mail one to you. Um, but mail, mail-in ballots is another way that you can vote in this election. You do need to complete an application to receive a ballot. So if I want a mail ballot, I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be uh, uh, old. Uh, I can just... Get a mail ballot. So, how do you control who I am and so forth? How, what's a, as you said, uh, you are able to feel comfortable with uh, who's voting. So, um, tell me about that system. Yeah. So, um, mail balloting has moved to no excuse. Uh, mail ballot voting is, you know, what, what you can refer to it as, and that changed in 2020. Um, and what that means is, well, when you get the application, there are four different categories for why you're receiving it. Um, and that has been the same since mail ballot started. But now the fourth category is, I choose to vote by mail ballot. Um, by completing an application, requesting and completing an application, you are signing that you'd like to, that you are who you say you are and you'd like to receive a mail ballot. What we do from there is you mail in the application or drop it off at our office, and we will do the signature comparison, similar to like we were talking about before, um, the signature comparison. Um, the election staff is trained um, through the Board of Elections on how to complete this, and if we find that the signature is not quite matching up, and sometimes that's your signature has changed, but we hold our you know a high expectation for what that signature is going to look like. We are allowed to reject the signature and send a voter a notice in the mail saying why it was rejected and how you can fix it. Does that ever happen? Absolutely. So you're comfortable, Gianna, with uh, the um, the mail-in uh, process uh, and the way it works. Or are you comfortable with it? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a legitimate voter at the other end, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we find that you know, people worry about multiple applications being filled out or multiple mail ballots being filled out. Um, and the Board of Elections ends up receiving the mail ballots. Like I said, you mail, they end up going to Cranston. And any 
ballot in which there's, you know, more than one record for Gianna Savasano, that's going to get flagged, it's going to get pulled aside, and it's going to be investigated. Primary, February. So we have three candidates, two survive, one doesn't. And um, and then we um, we go to the uh, the March race, right? Correct. Yep. So one month after the primary, March fifth, we're going to be having the um, the election for the seat, the special election. We will also have mail ballots and early voting happening for that election. And I don't think we've talked about this yet, but you know, if you're hearing me say mail ballots, early voting, you're not interested. Of course, perfectly fine. We will be opening six of the twelve polling places in the city. Um, we do have to consolidate because school is going to be in session for those days. Um, so we're going to be opening six. You may vote on election day from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So you don't want voting to go on in a school that has active class in session. It makes a headache for for all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so best case scenario, we can, we can consolidate. Um, if you are a voter who usually votes at a school in Woonsocket, um, we are not opening most of the schools and as such you will be receiving or should have received a postcard in the mail saying if you normally vote at Harris Elementary now you're voting at I believe it's Fairmont Heights so you're being reassigned um, and we have that postcard available it's also on our website if you threw that out um, so keep an eye out if you usually vote at a school check our website or give us a call I know we <clears throat> have about 41,000 plus people living in Woonsocket do you know how many people are eligible, looking at your voting rolls, to vote in the primary and the general election. Yeah, about um, we have about 26,000 registered voters who would be eligible. And not nearly that number of people will turn out to vote. I mean, I can predict that. That's correct. That's mm-hmm. correct. We, in the Congressional District 1 race that just happened in September and November of 2023, we had about a you know, 9 to 11% turnout in the city. So to a layman like myself, based on what I see the actual voter turnout, even in a good voter turnout, there seems to be a hell of a lot more people on the voting rolls compared to the number of people that come out. Can you explain to me why I'm puzzled about that? Yeah, so the the fact that now at the Department of Motor Vehicles we are able to know if someone updates their address but also they have the opportunity to register to vote there they are by law allowed to you know register voters of course the information sent to us we review it and mail the voter all their appropriate information but i do think we catch a lot more people that way um who may register to vote and like i said voter rolls you know we are when we send out mailings that's how we manage okay do we have an up-to-date list of where people live who's registered here and if not you know the process starts for how to validate it so somebody has contact with the motor vehicles uh a division for either a registration or a license or some other matter and they have an option to register to vote and um and then the registry informs you correct and so what do you do there there to make sure that that person is who they are or all right go ahead yeah so if you are a first time uh registrant um there will be especially if you're going in person you will sign and attest to the fact that you are who you are and that you're eligible to vote and we capture your signature and all that information comes to us the very next day in our central voter registration system and we are then tasked with processing it and sending them out a mailing you know to do our address verification you comfortable with that? I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's um it is widely used in the US. Let's take another call and see what uh oh I don't have the volume up, so nobody will be able to hear me if I don't do this. All right. Hello, hello there. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. How many times are you gonna say hello? Just start talking. Don't be rude, Roger. Well, just I'm older than you are. All right. No, you're not. I'm older than you are. <laughs> not, not by a, any long shot at all. Anyway, Gianni, you're a lovely, lovely person. But let me just correct you in one thing. And I, I confess I tuned in late. When we go to vote in person or early voting, you must show a photo ID 
to be able to vote, which I totally support. We have done research. It isn't even a question that there is fraud in mail-in voting. It just happened in nearby Connecticut. So if you believe in justice, then you, at minimum, would have a photo ID on a mail-in ballot. And, Roger, don't make me bring my birth certificate to the station. Thank you, Gianna. You're a lovely girl. Well, so what do you say to that? Have you heard that charge before? Um, so she referenced the Connecticut um, situation, and that's correct that there was, you know, absolutely a problem that occurred. Um, I th- I'm forgetting the town now. Um, but what happened is the law in Connecticut is only the individual or a blood relative may put the their mail ballot, voted mail ballot, into a drop box. Um, so that's not even considering, okay, you know... Who, who voted the ballot that the question is simply who put it in the box and in connecticut like i said there's a certain rule for it and people from the campaign were not following that rule from one of the campaign members and so it was caught and reported and they have a whole kerfuffle where they have to redo the election we don't have that law in rhode island um that connecticut has um that's where i am with that all right, so um, she um, she seems uh, pretty uncomfortable uh, with the situation, but you're comfortable with uh, the process. The process in Rhode Island? Yes, the, yes, the Rhode Island process. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, you're on the upfront program, and uh, we're talking about uh, the elections. And uh, so we have um, a primary in February. You mentioned that we have a, a general election for that city council seat, I guess, or a runoff election in March. And then, um, and then we get ready for the presidential primary. What, what, what's going on there? Yeah, so April 2nd, that'll be the third election in the city for 2024. Um, so April 2nd is the presidential preference primary. Um, the difference with the pre- presidential preference primary is it will have, um, <clears throat> it's going to be happening statewide. And there are a number of candidates that are currently have submitted signatures for their candidacy. Candidates, presidential candidates need 1,000 signatures from voters in Rhode Island. And that's what we're in the process now of receiving those papers, validating signatures. And then you'll know um, by late January who is eligible. So if they need 1,000 in the state... um and uh, a local group collects, uh, you know, like 114. Is there a central receiving point for for that to uh, make sure that there's 1,000 plus? Yeah, so, so campaigns are required to turn in their nominate. They pick them up from the Rhode Island Secretary of State's office since it's a federal race. That's all dealt with at the state level. <clears throat> campaigns are required to collect signatures on a page. If And if there are people from multiple cities, ultimately you've collected them wrong. You need them to be all from your city. Um, so we will receive ones that are just Woonsocket voters, and they're required to you know submit them any time before the deadline, which has passed. Um, and we, you know, we'll do that same process that I described for the local election. And, um, of course, at the end of the – I'm going to go back on that 26,000 <laughs> number. <laughs> Uh, that fascinates me uh, against the number who actually vote. But I'm not done with, uh, with the uh, regular uh, interview. And, and so that's the presidential, uh, uh, that's the presidential uh, preferral primary. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, got, I got it out, right? Yep. <laughs> I got it out. <clears throat> that's in April. Yep. The big enchilada comes in November. I mean, we've got everything happening. School committee. City council, mayoral, uh, we have congressional seats. Well, I think we have one senatorial, uh, U.S. federal uh, senatorial seat. We have um, we have state representatives and state senators all all in there. It's going to be a lot of uh, political advertising. I should be happy about that. Yeah, right? I believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Um, so that is going to be, uh, uh, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to open up every polling place? Uh, you're going to have 52 polling places instead? <laughs> Tell me about November. Yep, so we're going to have all 12 open. The, the 12 polling places um, will you know, be the same throughout the next 
decade, we are going to be using the same 12 unless we combine for a very particular reason. So we're not going to suddenly be using, you know, the fire station, the library, and, you know, grandma's house. We'll be, we'll be using the same 12. Um, and yes, because of the expected voter turnout, we will, that is why we'll be doing the full, full staffing. And the schools will close that day. The schools will be closed that day. Yeah, that's because right. Because it's a presidential election. That's ah, right. It's a busy period to be a manager of the board of canvases. Sure think. is. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. Let me bring this volume control back up again. We'll take another call. Hello there. What would you like to talk about? Good morning, Gianna. Uh, what is the number of people who are registered to vote in Winsocket? Do you have do you have a ballpark on that? Yeah, roughly twenty six thousand. Okay, so at, Roger had mentioned about how many more there were registered who actually vote, and actually there are many more people in over eighteen who could register to vote who are not because that number was over thirty thousand. My second point is. I have heard and have been reading about the director at the state level for the Board of Elections is willing to propose that there be same-day voting, which means a person can walk off the street, register, and vote that same day. I don't think that's safe. According to the system that you've indicated, there has to be that mail-in to that address to verify that. There is no way to do that on the same day. My other point is I agree with the cat lady that there should be some way of knowing who the person is who is voting if they are doing a mail-in ballot. There are very few countries that allow mail-in ballots. And there were some that have tried it, and they discovered too much fraud, and they eliminated it. We are very much against having that loose mail-in ballot. Your opinion on the same-day voting, please. Yeah, so same-day voting is being brought forward by the Secretary of State's office. Um, yes. It is... Again, something that they are looking to lobby for, but not something that we lobby for or against. Well, actually, I'll say I haven't asked my board members where they stand on the issue. The board member has, our board has every right to submit letters, you know, just as anyone who mm -hmm. wants to lobby for or against. Sure. Um, and I would say I'm not familiar enough with what it would look like to do same-day voter registration. Well, caller, I can tell you. That I'm against it 100%. I mean, how can you have somebody come in on the same day, validate them, and have them vote? Uh, it's ridiculous. But um, exactly. uh, that Secretary of State, uh, she she's not going to comment much on the Secretary of State, but uh, he's uh, uh, he doesn't have his head screwed on properly with this particular issue. Especially with the open border. I mean, people yeah. could walk in, be brought to one socket, buy busloads, yeah. register to vote, and vote. Well, that's a, how they are told. This whole uh, business of liberalizing the uh, the voting process is all related to the border crisis, and this is Absolutely. something that Gianna is not going to uh, comment on. Uh, this is not what her role is here. It's for another uh, another day, another talk show. But uh, uh, there are but some. I want to keep it right. in the forefront of your listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in the, yeah. my forefront too. I think uh, it's a yes. rid ridiculous proposal, and it has to be. And um, yes. we're just letting Gianna know that. Um, somebody felt that way uh, when she came here to the program, and she can do whatever she wants with that. Bring it back to her border campuses. Do you ever meet Gianna with the Secretary of State? Does he ever ask people to come in? Uh, and I want to meet with all the border campuses man, uh, managers and get their opinion on how uh, I doubt it. But um, has it ever happened? Um, no, right. not not, not right. like that. No, no he's not going to do that. <laughs> right. Thank you for your call, caller. You're very welcome. Thank you. So we're at that point in the program. We're almost done. So what do you want to, um, is there a message you want to give to uh, local voters from the Board of Canvases other than, you know, please vote because that's a civic duty? 
Or maybe you don't feel it's a civic duty. Do you feel it's a civic duty? Um, I'll say, you know, our job is to make it as straightforward as possible within your voting rights. And I think I'd want people to know that, you know, I'm learning the Rhode Island election process right along the way. And I am more than happy to answer questions, whether you visit, call, um, check our website. We do regularly update that. I, I do think that sometimes... Um, if you don't get an answer to your question right from the source that, you know, there can be misunderstandings um, that spread. And, you know, everyone's allowed and absolutely entitled to their opinion. But if you have a question about policy or I feel this way about this or I'm worried about this, you know, absolutely. You can you can talk to us and we'll look into it. Thank you, Gianna, for uh, being with us today. Absolutely. Thanks hope, for having me. Hope you enjoyed your visit. I sure did. We'll be back tomorrow with the police chief. Just when the holidays are over, and I think there's nothing more to think about financially. But then February and March always get me thinking about how i got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions. And I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Yeah, a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.